You said at least together carry the two. You can do this hard thing. It's not easy, I know, but I believe that it's so. You can do this hard thing. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. You hear there the voice of Carrie Newcomer, songwriter, recording artist, performer, educator. She's been described as a prairie mystic by the Boston Globe. Her new album is The Beautiful Not Yet, from which we uh, are hearing the song. You could do that hard thing. Uh, she has a, an ongoing collaboration with the writer Parker J. Palmer. They are uh, presenting uh, concerts and workshops titled Healing the Heart of Democracy, a Gathering of Spirits for the Common Good, in which they ask, in an era of the politics of rage, can we seek the common good across all that might divide us, coming together as friends, neighbors, and citizens. Carrie Newcomer. Um, also has been Goodwill Ambassador to India, has uh, traveled uh, over the world as uh, part of her social activism, and uh, she is coming to Logan. There's a concert Sunday evening, 7 p.m. in the First Presbyterian Church in downtown Logan. Ticket information is at bridgerfolk.org. Carrie Newcomer, pleasure to welcome you to Access Utah. Thank you. Hello, great to talk to you. Good, good to talk to you. Um, so uh, I want to uh, get into uh, some of the songs from the uh, from the latest uh, album or CD or whatever we're calling them these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I want to get a little bit of your uh, background, um, interesting background, especially religious background. Uh, your parents were Catholic and Amish Methodist. Uh, yeah, my my mom was raised Catholic, and uh, my dad came out of um, uh, uh, Protestant. His mother was from an Amish background. So yes, I'm the only Italian Amish person I think on the planet, <laughs> <laughs> except my sisters. But other than that, I think it's just us. You, you're unique, at least with yeah. your sisters. Uh, you had an experience when you could tell me about this in Costa Rica. Um, you, you you found a, a Quaker gathering in. Yeah, I was, uh, at the time, I was going to a, a, a small college, Goshen College, which is a Mennonite college, and everyone who graduated from the college needed to do uh, at least six months of, like, Peace Corps service, go out and do service in other parts uh, of the world. And I was in Costa Rica, and while I was there, I, I had um, uh, some time off, and so I went up to, there's a Quaker community up in the rainforest, and I encountered my first a silent Quaker meeting, um, and uh, I felt like this—this this, I had come home. That that there was something really beautiful and and lovely about this um, moment of contemplation together uh, in community. Um, and you know, I've been I've been um, affiliated with the Quaker community since then. Uh, it's some people will you know people will ask. You know, you are a person who makes your life in sound. You know, you're a musician. You make your life in sound, and you go to a um, a silent, you know, community service. And I said, well, it makes all the sense in the world that some of my best language has come out of times when I I took time to be quiet, to listen, and not just speak. Hmm. Uh, so, and you do say there there is something in that silence that we we could all use. What, what, what is it for you? Well, as I was saying before, um, you know, we are not encouraged to take time to slow down or reflect, to contemplate, to think about what is it that we really love, what's really important, you know. When we pull back, when I pull back all the distractions of my life, what's at the heart of my life? And there's a lot of um, insight there. There's a lot of, there. you know, if, if this is what's really, truly important to me. And shouldn't I be paying attention to that uh, in my daily life and how I interact with other people, with how I operate in, in my professional life? Um, so, yeah. You're cutting up a bit. To the, 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 the transmission from the phone is cutting up a bit. I'm not sure if you can hold the mouthpiece a little close to your mouth or something. Oh, can you? Is, is that a little better? Yeah, that's, now? A little, that's a little better, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, so um, I, I recently, uh, on your website, which is, by the way, uh, kerrynewcomer.com, um, I found a commencement address you, you gave to your alma mater, Goshen uh, College. <laughs> so that's quite an honor. Yes, it was. It was just a, a, a wonderful honor. And last spring, uh, they had me do the commencement address. And uh, they gave me an honorary degree in music for social change, which was just lovely. Um, and it was just great. Like, it's, it's a small um, college, but it, it really is a, a wonderful place and great students. And um, so many of them thinking about how do I... How do I best serve the world, not just serve myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, it needs to be good with my heart and mm-hmm. needs to uh, come out of what I love. But also, how does, that, how does that apply to making a better world? So it was great talking to those students and, and being there at the commencement and being you know, given that opportunity to speak with them. So I want to talk, commencement addresses that, you know, interesting, many of them you distill uh, sort of life lessons, right? You want to impart to the, you know, the, the graduating class. Uh, so you're, at least the title, I'm not sure if this was the title that you gave to it, but this title they gave to it was three things. Um, you told them to be true, be kind, and pay attention. I wonder if we could, you know, address just briefly each one of those. So, so uh, be true, what, what are you talking about there? Well, being true is is you know that idea of being true to yourself and being true to um, your you know being true to your heart, being true to your your deepest values. Going back to what we were talking about before, and that takes some reflection. That takes some time. That takes you know what is it that's really important? And who am I? What do I love? What do I love beyond words and measure? And how do I follow that in my life? How do I follow that thread of what I love that much? Being true to that. And that's not always easy. Um, There's often pushback to that. Sometimes it takes being very creative. Uh, This is what I love, and and how do I creatively approach that? Um, You know, I'm I'm a singer-songwriter from the middle of Indiana, um, that I would make my life in, in this thing I love, you know that seems pretty unlikely, but but it happened, and part of that was being uh, continuing to follow what it is I love and hone in on. You know, I write songs, but I write songs about something, and so where does that lead me? So being true, uh, being kind. You know, I I have this deep sense that you know sometimes love love gets big. You know, we talk a lot about love. We should love. We should you know. Love the world. We should love each other. Love can get so big and and sometimes abstract. You can't get your arms around love sometimes. And sometimes love is hard to do even. But kindness, kindness is human size. And it's daily. And it's completely possible that, that, that perhaps, you know, kindness is the country cousin to love that... Um, if we start with a little kindness, love is usually following right behind it. Mm. And um, so this idea of, of operating in your life with a sense of, of goodwill toward yourself, toward the people that you meet. Um, yeah, if I enter each situation with a little kindness, it, it, it shifts. It shifts you know, every, every interaction. And then paying attention... Well, you know, it, it's about being here and present. As we, I was saying earlier, we're not encouraged to be present in our own lives. We have so much to do with busy people, that's true. But we're not encouraged to be right here and right now and present in our lives. And when we are, you know, that's when, you know, that's where our lives happen. That's, that's where I start to see miracles, you know, every day. Extraordinary things in the most ordinary of days. If I'm paying attention, hmm. so you know so that was, you know that was kind of the gist of the of, of the, um, uh, you know the commencement address. And and actually, they re- I reprinted it. I had a book of poetry that came out with the beautiful not yet CD. Also, sounds like are you still there? 
Sounds like we may have uh, lost uh, Carrie Newcomer. By the way, we're talking with Carrie Newcomer on uh, on Access Utah today. She's coming to Logan to concert uh, Sunday, uh, April 9th, 7 p.m., First Presbyterian Church in downtown Logan. And uh, you can find ticket information for that at BridgerFolk.org. Uh, Let's hear it. Oh, hello, are you there? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you, you went away for a while, but you're back. <laughs> Great. Um, so um, I was just uh, reiterating the, the concert in Logan that's coming up, and uh, people can find ticket information at BridgerFolk.org. Uh, you are on, on tour, I guess, for the, for the new album? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm not sure where my phone cut out. You know, technology, it's a, it's a, it's a miracle. It all works at all. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, but, yes, I am on tour for this new album, and the release of the new album in the book. And uh, I'm in Colorado right now, but I'll be heading over to Utah for the, the concert in, in Logan, and I, I'm looking very forward to it. Let's hear, uh, let's hear another track. We'll hear the entire track here. It's, uh, it's fairly brief. Uh, this is the title track. Again, track is that you know I don't know song. I'll call it song. The the technology moves on, and I'm I'm stuck in the past with album. I have <laughs> I have I have actual LP albums that I you know that I purchased. Uh, you, you might as well. <laughs> and LPs are back though. My yeah, last album was an LP. That's, yeah, that's LPs right. Are they're back. back. That's I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, per, perhaps I'm hip. Anyway, yes, you are. <laughs> um, let's hear. Uh, this is the title track. Uh, the beautiful not yet. Spring is humming bits of something A melody, the simple part A song that I once knew by heart Juniper, wild indigo Foxglove, lupin, queen and slave Will be coming any day The restlessness The quickening The almost but not yet Muddy boots Last year's leaves Every spring that came before All they were and something more The restlessness The quickening The almost but not So that is The Beautiful Not Yet, that's the title track from the new uh, album from Carrie Newcomer, who joins us for the hour. She's coming to Logan on Sunday, 7 p.m., First Presbyterian Church. Ticket information at bridgerfolk.org. So Carrie Newcomer, a beautiful song, um, The Almost But Not Yet. There's anticipation there, but it, it, it's also about this theme that uh, we were talking about, uh, being present in the present, right? Yes, you know, the idea... Uh, the song was written at a time, I, I, I live in southern Indiana, and uh, there's a time in the springtime after the last snows are gone, but before the first buds have opened. And I was walking around, and, and you could just feel it, that that the world was, was almost trembling with with that beautiful, 
almost, but not yet. The, the seeds are coming up. You know, they, they're, they've already started their uh, ascent to the surface of the ground, but you can't see them just yet. And that idea of just because you can't see it yet, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm. Uh, I want to go back to uh, something that you made reference to. Um, this is a quotation from you. It's easy to not be present in our own lives. I think on some level, we you know, we all recognize that. Uh, you spend a lot of time, I think, thinking and writing about this. How, 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 how do we be more present in our own lives? Well, I think I think part of that is just you know that that first step of of saying um, I I you know I kind of realize that I'm very busy and that I'm missing something. And that I want to be more present. I want to be here for, for my life, for uh, my family, for the people that I meet, for the you know all my encounters in the world. And saying I, I want to be more here, and um, you know, and, and and people have all kinds of practices that they they use. To, to help themselves be more present. Sometimes it's spiritual practices, sometimes, you know, meditation, or some people, you know, they find if they have time in the natural world, that helps them to be more present. Some people, you know, there's all kinds of things that people do. You know, for me, I have to say, songwriting, songwriting has been one of the things that's really helped me uh, throughout my uh, life to be more present. As a writer, you can't write about it if you missed it, because you, you know, you were not thinking about it. You were 10 miles down the road or four hours behind you. You know, you have to be here and present to write about what you experience. So, you know, for me, uh, having a, uh, a an artistic practice, a writerly practice has really helped me be present. So, you know, I think it's different for different people. But part of that, you know, at, at the core of it is, you know, I really want to be here. My life, you know, Time is short, and I want to be here mm. and deciding that. So what if you're not a songwriter? <laughs> and I'm thinking especially, uh, you do a workshop, right? Our Lives as Sacred Story, Creative Exploration of the Heart and Spirit of Our Own Experience. Uh, so I just want to read a sentence from this. Um, the You invite participants in this workshop to explore the depth and value of our own stories. When we frame our individual and community stories through a spiritual lens, it changes how we see ourselves and 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 the world. Is 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 that a way in to what you're talking about? If you know, if you you say songwriting is spiritual practice for you helps you to be present. What about the rest of us? Well, we've all got a story, and and that's one of the things I really love about. I, I do workshops, uh, songwriting, and and um, creative writing, and also this idea of our lives as sacred story. You know, we all have a story to tell. I have never met a person yet without an incredible story to tell. Never once. Sometimes you have to get a person going, but once they start talking, I have never met a person without an incredible story to tell. And, you know, often in a writing workshop, I'll have someone start the workshop with, hey, there's nothing really exciting about me. I'm just from Ohio. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm just from wherever. And but then they start to write, and you know, there's family, and there's history, and there's grief, and there's struggle, and 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 joy, and you know, there's all these incredible human stories that play out in their lives day by day. You know, it. I, you know, I I do think of our own stories as being, you know, sacred stories. They they hold all the same elements of the things we call as the big stories. You know. Yes, you know, this is a story about struggle. This is a story about, you know, how to love when it's hard. This is a story about presence, how to be here. You know, we, we you know, we, you know, we live out those stories every single day. And, you know, I, I believe that. I really believe that. And, and I've, I've found that consistently to be true. Um, I love a good story. Mm. And, uh, and I love when I hear them from people. So I think I think honoring our stories, knowing that our daily story has value and worth uh, and uh, and importance, I, I think that that also helps us be more present in our own story. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to uh, talk about a sense of place. 
you said that one of the important decisions that you made in your life was to embrace being a Hoosier, right? And, and deciding, <laughs> deciding yeah. to stay in Indiana and, and, and embracing that. Um, when I suppose for, you know, for songwriting and singing, it, it uh, might have been better on service for your career to, to leave. We'll talk about that. And I want to uh, definitely want to get into your uh, collaboration, ongoing collaboration with Parker J. Palmer. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll just read this sentence from uh, from a description of a of workshop and concerts that, that you've been giving. In an era of politics of rage, can we seek the common good across all that might divide us? And so we'll ask that question and how that gets done. More following the break, more with Carrie Newcomer. This is Management Minute by Professor Scott Hammond. Let's get this one right. The group leader called out to her team who was building a complex custom demise. Then she corrected herself. She said, let's get this one righter. Awkward language aside, people who work continuous improvement, lean manufacturing, or enterprise excellence know that every product and every process can be made better. Nothing is ever perfect. They are comfortable with the permanent question, how can I make that better? If you cannot see ways to improve your product or service, ask your customer. If they don't tell you, your competitor might. But by then it might be too late and you'll be out of the game. The Management Minute is brought to you by our members and the USU Shingo MBA program at the John M. Huntsman School of Business. A 15-month graduate degree for executives giving knowledge and skills to leverage the principles and tools of lean continuous improvement. Huntsman.usu.edu I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next Freakonomics Radio, you've heard it all your life. A winner never quits and a quitter never wins. But are you sure? I'm interested in quitting for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it's hard for me. The upside of quitting that's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Join us Thursday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Listening to Access U Time, Tom Williams, my guest for the hour, is singer-songwriter Carrie Newcomer. And we heard a portion, our, uh, we are hearing a portion of A Shovel is a Prayer. That's from her new album, The Beautiful Not Yet. Carrie Newcomer is coming to Logan. The concert is uh, Sunday, 7 p.m., First Presbyterian Church in downtown Logan. And ticket information is at bridgerfolk.org. So, Carrie Newcomer, that, that's, that's a beautiful message. A shovel is a prayer. A friend is a prayer. A baby is a prayer. I think that gets us to talking about, uh, at least in one of the one of the themes there, is what you're talking about before. Sometimes love seems very big, but uh, kindness is a way in. Kindness is something we can act on. Yes, you know, it, you know, the the idea of a shovel is a prayer. You know, the the entire song is is really a. It started with a poem, actually, about this almost list of small things, things that seem. Um, you know, small and daily, and yet how important they are, and how they, they there is this beautiful, um, deep quality to them. Uh, you talk about um, the, the the beauty and simplicity of daily living. That I think does not describe some of our lives, right? It get, gets us back to not being present in our, in our lives. Um, I guess that's something that you would encourage getting getting back to simplicity well yeah i mean there's it's a you know it's definitely something i think about a lot and and 
um, you know, I, I live a, a, a very busy and, and sometimes complicated life, too. I'm a touring musician, a writer. Uh, I work in several different kinds of contexts. Um, and so I, I, I live a busy life, too, and, and I'm very grateful for it. Uh, I get to do, um, you know, um, just wonderful things and meet incredible people. So, uh, so, so I do think about, you know, what are the things that center me? What are the things that that brings it down to what's most important? You know, as I walk through my daily life, even in, you know, when I'm busy or when I'm working in complex situations. Um, yeah, that idea of simplicity. Um, yeah, I think about it a lot. By the way, if you'd uh, like to uh, join this conversation with Carrie Newcomer, you can. Uh, you could call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Love to hear your question or comment for Carrie Newcomer. Our email is upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. So, Carrie Newcomer, you were uh, born and raised in Indiana? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I'm, I'm from Indiana. Um I grew up in the northern part, closer to Chicago, but now I live in the southern part. Um, uh, it's a uh, where Indiana University is. It's a big music school, lots of musicians, and and uh, but yeah, I'm from Indiana. I'm from the Midwest, and I think something really good happened to my songwriting when um, I really embraced my you know my own Midwestern voice when. I gave myself permission to be a Hoosier. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, my most powerful voice, my most potent voice would always be my truest voice. That there, you know, there's something that comes out of my experience here. You know, I, I'm never going to sound like someone who grew up on the island of Manhattan or in San Francisco or L.A. I'm, I'm never going to sound like that uh, and, and write like that. And, you know, that's fine because there's plenty of people to cover that voice. There's, You know, I'm not worried that that's not going to be covered. Um, but that my truest voice would always be my most, you know, potent voice, powerful voice. Mm. And, you know, something good happened to my writing at that point. Mm. You know, yeah, this is this is who I am and how I see it. And um, but at the same time, you know, as a as a songwriter, you know, it's it's all, as a songwriter, you also know that you use your own details to make it true and rich and real and human. But I'm not just writing my diary. I have no, you know, I have journals for that. Um, what I'm actually trying to do in a song is use my own details. Um, to reach to something more human, something that we both recognize in Utah, in India, in Indiana, in, you know, wherever I go, that I'm speaking to something we both recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the specific is the universal, right? Um, yeah. I wonder, I, I don't know, so, sometimes if you're close to it, it's it's hard to, hard to describe, easier for people outside, but what... What is Midwestern? What is Hoosier? Do you think about your about your writing? Um, you know, I, I you know that's, that's a kind of um, a multi multi layered question, you know, and I I, I think one of it is uh, a plain spokenness for me, you know, and I I uh, you know again going back to things that changed my writing. You know, something really good happened to my writing when I stopped being afraid to say something uh, in a simple way uh, for fear that people would think I couldn't say it in a complex way. That sometimes there's a simplicity that happens on the other side of complexity, that you have to go through all these uh, experiences to get to come back to saying it clearly. Um, you know, there is a kind of plain spokenness about, about the Midwest. Um, I think also this idea of daily and um, you know the unadorned beauty of each day is is something we kind of live in. Um, you know we have our we have our issues too. We have our blind spots and problems, and I you know I, I'm pretty okay with writing about that too because there are some of my blind spots and and challenges. Um, but you know, yeah, there's. There's there's something kind of I don't know something kind of earthy and 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 uh, plain spoken about the Midwest. Mm. 
Of course, for public radio listeners, I get you know the stereotype is Garrison Keillor, and it's and it's it's Lake Wobegon. I don't know if that's does does that you know does that contend I guess to hijack what what, what maybe a Midwesterner could could say is it is quintessentially Midwestern. Well, you know, and Midwestern is is a really wide term. You know, you call the Midwest every place from you know Pittsburgh all the way out to you know far into Nebraska. So there's a there's a lot of different ways of being, and and there's urban areas and there's rural areas, and you know there there's a lot of there's a lot of personality to the Midwest. And yes, Garrison Garrison definitely put his finger on something. You know, he really uh, in a wonderful, often. Uh, humorous way he he was able to, to you know to put a frame around some some interesting uh, midwestern phenomena you know the hot dish you know you got it you got <laughs> <laughs> that's right I that's am right, yeah. I am the woman who will bring soup when you're mm-hmm. sick and you yeah. know I'm kind of comfortable with that <laughs> you're, you're you're that lady that well that yeah we 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 need you we definitely do need you yeah well you know I'm I'm kind of comfortable with that yeah yeah. Uh, another thing I liked about Garrison, liked, I mean, he's still alive, but uh, he's retired from the show, is uh, his, sometimes in the modern world, we have a discomfort with with even talking about religion or spirituality. Keeler obviously has a fondness for the, at least the religious lived experience. And, and it's, you know, it's showing up and he's poking fun at uh, all religion, gentle, you know poking fun and, and at, at the foibles of each each faith tradition. And I love that about Garrison, you know, I think, too, that idea of, of not being able to, to, to talk about it. You know, I, you know, our spiritual experience, our spiritual traditions, you know, are, are, are deep and important in, in many people's lives, whether it's with an established um, uh, organizational kind of religious experience, or for some people it's um, more their experience with the natural world or uh, other types of forms of spiritual experience. You know, and I, I think there's a wide range of how people uh, experience something, if not greater, at least larger than themselves. And um, my music has always had that thread running through it. And um, I'm, I, I've always been fascinated with, with that and how people uh, experience that in their lives and, and how it changes things or how it frames things. Um, you know, I wrestle with it. You know, my songs, there's, there's no pat answers in any of my songs, and I, I have to be upfront about that. You know, I, I'm much more interested in a good question than I am about an, an easy answer. And, um, you know, so I, I keep asking good questions, and my songs keep asking good questions. And I uh, you know, I think that's that's part of, you know, paying attention to, you know, a, a spiritual context in your life is continuing to ask the really good questions. Um, but you know, I I I haven't, you know, disguised that in my in my songs. It's, it's just very integral. There's a spiritual current in my songs because there's a spiritual current in my life. Um, it, anything else, I would be censoring something very important about how I experience the world, but. You know, I do try very uh, deliberately and very intentionally uh, to speak in a way that's inclusive and not exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, what does this mean in terms of human human experience? You know, where do we connect in this? Not where do we divide in this? And I think Garrison did a wonderful job in terms of sometimes humor. Sometimes you can say with humor and point out things in a humorous way. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the way we do it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and it takes some of that, um, I don't know, um, uh, defensiveness out of it, you know, or, or or rigidness out of it. Oh yeah, we're human. This is the way it goes. Uh, and he, I think I always thought he did such a great job. There was a there was a kindness behind it. Mm-hmm. He made fun, but there was always this sense of human, you know, humanness and kindness about how he did it. And and I appreciate that. And there's a recognition there in his work that you know it's in your work as well. You're talking about universality, a recognition. If you if you tell your experience, or you gently, you know, talk about someone else's experience, if you recognize that in your own experience, then then there's a connection. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. We're living in a time right now that 
you know, it's it's hard because we're living in a very divisive time that, you know, we're getting the message, uh, you know, all the time that there are these divisions and there are no bridges. I don't believe that to be true. Uh, I, I've not seen that to be true in, in terms of, um, you know, the things that we share. There's a song on the new album called Three Feet or So. And, you know, the idea behind that song is the things, the things that have saved us, that have always saved us, uh, compassion and generosity and hospitality, good parenting, good grandparenting, you know, a sense of humor, these things that have always, always saved us are still here to save us. Uh, and completely accessible to us. And, you know, it's where we connect. It's the place that we will find connection. You know, now the things that have tripped us up are still around, too, uh, and to be negotiated. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one of the ideas in that song, Three Feet or So. Um, the main line in that song, Three Feet or So, um, came out of a Greg Ellison quote. He was talking about his... Uh, uh, a conversation when he was a little boy that he had with his, I believe it was his grandmother. And he, you know, he, he asked her as a little boy, you know, how do I change the world? And, you know, his grandmother in all her wisdom said, well, I can't change the whole world, but I can change what's three feet around me. And, and he thought about that. Yes, we have enormous, uh, an enormous opportunity and power in just how we live our daily lives. And those things that I was talking about, that have always, always connected us, have always saved us. You know, we have incredible opportunity and power each and every day and how we live our individual lives that way. One of you talk, this gets us into talking about this uh, the, you know, the series of workshops, concerts you've been doing with Parker J. Palmer, um, Healing the Heart of Democracy, Gathering of Spirits for the Common Good. Uh, the question, in an era of politics of rage, can we seek common good across all that might divide us, coming together as friends, neighbors, citizens, and members of a larger community? And you you made reference to the fact that uh, sometimes we hear those bridges are gone, right? To this, Or we can't build bridges, becoming more and more polarized. There's certainly truth to that. You and Park J. Palmer are urging us and, uh, and trying to find some ways to build those bridges. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. How can it be done? I, I suppose the very fact that you're doing this uh, means you believe it can be done. And, and how can it be done? Uh, yes, I, I also have another uh, a program that I'm doing with Parker. Parker is one of my favorite uh, authors and maybe people on the planet. <laughs> if you don't have all his work, go out and get his his every book he's ever written. He's just an amazing author and 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 a, and a dear friend. And uh, we're doing another uh, piece called What We Need Is Here, Hope, Hard Times, and the Human Possibility. And many, at least half of the songs on this new album, The Beautiful Not Yet, were written for that collaboration with Parker. Uh, and both you know, Healing the Heart of Democracy grew out of a, a book of his called Healing the Heart of Democracy and really worked uh, um, more focused within the, the political. And uh, this new piece is is maybe focusing more on the personal. But but there's definitely overlaps and, and, and a sharing of ideas between both of the shows. Um, you know, yes, you know, I, I do believe it's possible. And, but I also believe it's not easy that, you know, having those sometimes difficult conversations, you know, even, even within our own families, uh, it's not easy. Um, so, you know, some of it is, is that seeking out where we connect, where we still, um, you know, have those, those, those connecting, uh, you know, human pieces. Also, you know, creating habits, creating habits in our society that, that go back to uh, founding ideas. Um, it, the book, Healing the Heart of Democracy, is, you know, like I said, I can't really encapsulate it in, in, in a five-minute, you know, nugget, but, um, you know, there's a lot about the book on on his uh, the Courage and Renewal website and, you know, videos and and they do. Uh, he does a lot of workshops and how do we use these principles um, in a you know in a real you know grounded daily personal community basis. Um, you know, how do we start talking to each other again? And 
uh, and that we're in this together and and that that idea so like i said it's hard to encapsulate an entire show an entire book in five minutes but you know the the upshot is that i believe it's possible he believes it's possible we've seen it happen uh in communities within people and um and uh and 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 so we write about it and we sing about it and you know we continue to work toward it You've seen it happen. That's very helpful. I mean, you you read the news and you get pretty pessimistic. Um, is is there an instance that you could share with us? Uh, you know, one on one or community. Well, I think you know, I, you know, within some of it, you know, seeing people come together for a common for a common idea. Um, my my husband's very uh, active in a climate organization that is very intentionally bipartisan and looking for solutions and uh, to environmental issues and climate issues in a completely bipartisan way. And it's not always easy. You know, they're bringing people together in small groups. They're bringing people together um, uh, on a national basis sometimes. Uh, uh, they're doing lobbying uh, with individual uh, representatives in, in every state and having those conversations that reach across and it's it's an incredibly effective program and um and often bringing people together who you would not expect to be brought together right now is is how it's being presented you know i i think i think one thing to remember you know i i think it's important to remember that you know for better or for worse our our media is very um is is a lot of it is commercial media, and so often what we're getting and what we're consuming is what sells, and, and conflict sells, or at least this is what they think sells. I'm, I'm, I have my opinions on that, and, and I, I'm not sure about that at all. I think we would all like to hear more about how people come together, how organizations bridge gaps, how, uh, how it's happening, um, and, hear, and yes, we need to hear where things are not going well. Uh, and get that information absolutely, but I th- I think that to focus just on conflict and not balance it with with you know the efforts that are being made and the successes that are happening at the same time um, is is you know creates a um, creates a sense that it isn't happening. Um, so you know so part of that is is working with organizations that do reach across and bring people together. Some of it's very personal, you know, having hard conversations with, um, you know, like I said, for some people it's within their own families that they decide to stay in relationship. Yes, you know, we're this is a very divisive issue, and yet we've chosen to stay in relationship. And we've chosen actually to respect one another, to see where we connect here still, to maybe also be true to ourselves and, like, not just play nice, but actually be true about who we are. Uh, that's playing out, I think, uh, in, in relationships and families and workplaces um, right now uh, all over the country. And I, you know, I, and I really, that's hard work. It's important work, and it's kind of where it starts. You know, it, it happens in the individual heart. It's going to take a change of heart here, and that happens person to person. That happens community to community. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, you know, Parker and I, when we, we are working on these projects, we don't assume for a minute that this is easy. You know, no, this is a challenge. Um, and, you know, getting information about how it is working and where it is working and also getting tools. We need tools as well, you know. How do we have those conversations in respectful ways? Because we want to stay in relationship. Let's, uh, uh, very beautifully put, uh, by the way, um, uh, uh, let's take another break. Uh, When we come back, we will uh, open the the last segment with uh, uh, just a bit from uh, Betty's Diner. And I want to want to talk about this. Uh, one of the one of the the big works in uh, in in your uh, uh, body of work, 
and uh, understand there's a new theatrical production uh, which was produced, Betty's Diner, the musical. I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll hear uh, some more music as well. So uh, that's coming up. And I want to talk about, if we can fit this in, uh, in our last segment, uh, your, um, your travels around the world, especially to India. Uh, more with Carrie Newcomer, who, uh, by the way, the, the latest album is The Beautiful Not Yet. And uh, she's coming to Logan for a concert Sunday evening, 7 p.m., First Presbyterian Church in downtown Logan. Ticket information is at bridgerfolk.org. More following this break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Science Unwrapped in USU's College of Science. This Friday at 7 in the Eccles Science Learning Center, Timid Predators, Scary Prey, with USU wildlife ecologist Dan McNulty. Information at usu.edu slash unwrapped. And Cache Valley Center for the Arts presenting The Hillbenders, Tommy, a bluegrass Opry, a full-length bluegrass tribute featuring banjo, dobro, mandolin, bass, and guitar to the Who's Tommy, Tuesday, April 11th at 7.30 p.m. Details at cachearts.org. Congratulations are in order to three special recipients of awards from the USU Center for Women and Gender. The Early Career University Award was given to Dr. Jessica Lucero, Assistant Professor of Social Work at Utah State University. The Early Career Community Award was given to Dr. Stephanie Chambers-Thomas, a family medicine doctor, and the Lifetime Achievement University Award was given to Sociology Professor Dr. Christy Glass. They're just a portion from uh, Betty's Diner, which we had time to hear the whole thing. Uh, you can find this uh, on, uh, of course, uh, albums. And uh, the place to go is CarrieNewcomer.com. Carrie Newcomer is with me for the hour. We have another five minutes left. And uh, she's coming to Logan. You can uh, hear her uh, live uh, Sunday evening at 7 p.m. First Presbyterian Church in Logan. Ticket information is at BridgerFolk.org. There's, a, there's, of course, a story here, right? Uh, you're setting a scene at Betty's uh, Diner. I love uh, at least uh, one of the choruses here. Um, Despair and hope sit face-to-face when you come in from the cold. Let her fill your cup with something kind. And then specifics here. Eggs and toast, <laughs> like bread and wine. She's heard it all, so she don't mind. Well, yeah, Betty's Diner, I, you know, I, I am an artist, so I have waitress. <laughs> you have waitressed. Okay, you've lived this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and um, Betty's Diner, uh, you know, the the setting for Betty's Diner is very much based on an all-night truck stop where I worked for a while. Um, but the idea of, of this, this gathering place of community that, um, you know, where does the spirit of goodness move through the world? Where does it? Where does that happen? And and sometimes it happens where we're expecting it, uh, in formal places. But so often it happens in the most humble and daily of places, a small diner like Betty's Diner. Um, it was a song. It, first it was a short story, and then it became a song. And um, and recently it became a, a musical. Uh, it was produced at Purdue University uh, last season. And um, it was, you know, a wonderful experience, and, and we're hoping to, to see the musical expand to other places as well. Yeah, congratulations on that. That's uh, That must be quite gratifying to see it expanded to that to that level as a musical. Yes, it was. It was really fun, and, you know, uh, it was my first theatrical production, and um, it's 
you know, there's a lot in common with musical performance, but it's also, you know, a whole different animal. So it was great fun, incredible people to work with. And uh, my, my, the person who uh, I've written the, uh, the play with, uh, Richard Thomas, is just a wonderful playwright, longtime collaborator, you know, collaborator on other projects. So it was great fun to, to do the play with him. Just want to close with um, with having you. Then it's only about a minute and a half, so this is <laughs> a condensed version. You're invited to be cultural ambassador in India. Yeah, yes, it was. It was an amazing experience, and um, they sent me all over the country to sing for Indian audiences in the evening and work with um, uh, community service programs, particularly ones that young Indians were involved with. So it was really very much geared toward that. And then uh, while it was there, I met Amjad Ali Khan. And his two sons, Ayan and Aman, uh, masters of the Indian classicals, wrote. And we did a, a, a collaboration album together as a benefit for an interfaith hunger organization. So, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a stunning experience. I did two tours there. Um, I'm very grateful for it. Then let me, let's squeeze this in at the end. We have a question for you, uh, Carrie Newcomer. This is from Valerie in Moab. She, her question is, how do you stay present and focused to help you hear and receive your ideas and inspiration? Ah, well, we talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, I think there's different ways. You know, I, taking time to listen, taking time to slow down and pay attention. Um, music, writing, writing for me is really one of my main forms of focusing myself. You can't write about it if you missed it because you weren't there. Mm. So... Um, some of it is is my daily meditation and um, and conversations with other people about this idea. You know, I have friends and, and and people I talk to about this this effort to be present. What does it mean? We want to do this and and an encouragement there. Um, you know, within spiritual community, within my friendships, within you know, my, with my with my my spouse. You know, what does that mean? So so it's multifaceted. You know, on every level. Thanks for that question, Valerie. And if you're going to be in the Logan area, you have an opportunity to uh, hear Carrie Newcomer live, um, interact with her. Uh, the concert is Sunday evening at 7 in Logan at the First Presbyterian Church in downtown Logan. And ticket information is at bridgerfolk.org. More information on Carrie Newcomer can be found at her website, carriennewcomer.com. The new album is The Beautiful Not Yet. Carrie Newcomer, it's uh, been a pleasure to be with you for the hour. Thank you so much. Thank you for it's been wonderful questions and you know just just a delight to be on the program. We appreciate it. I look forward to your visit to uh, to Logan. Let's go out with just a little bit of a song called Three Women" from uh, Carrie Newcomer, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you listening to uh, Access Utah today. Thanks. service of the College of Humanities and Social Sciences at Utah State University. This is Utah Public Radio. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCU Price, and KUSUFM Logan. Heard online at upr.org.